Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, just pray that we can come to you with open hearts and and just um, give me the words to speak and um, may your truth just be with us and that we um, just focus on you and your son Jesus who died and we learn about his resurrection night. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty. I'm going to fight this thing all day. Alright, so um, during Lent we've been going through this series um, and examine the I am claims of Jesus and um, how he's not only true God um, but also true man and the reality of Jesus and his divine power of being God and humbling himself to become man in order that we may have eternal life through him. So this evening we're going to go through the specific I am um, statement of Jesus found in John 11 um, verses 25 to 26 here. Um, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He makes this statement um, to his dear friend Martha um, as she's mourning the loss of her brother Lazarus. Um, and it's a powerful statement because um, it says that all of us can expect to physically die, um, yet we can have eternal life. So to better understand the context of this statement, we're going to need to look at the text and the resurrection story of Lazarus. So let's um, just look at the scene here. So we begin with Jesus and his disciples receiving word that Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, is, is gravely ill. Um, instead of rushing to be there, Jesus does not. But rather, he stays in his location for two more days. Um, so what would you do in this situation um, if you got a call and, say, one of your dear friends was in the hospital and they might not make it. Um, I'm willing to bet um, almost all of us would probably hop in a vehicle and um, maybe slightly exceed the speed limit um, just to be there, right? Um, so why doesn't Jesus? Is it because he doesn't care about his friends? No, um, quite the opposite. Um, they were dear friends that he loved quite a, quite a lot. And um, I'm also kind of selfishly, I'm sure if I was in Mary and Martha's position here, Knowing and seeing the things that Jesus has done, I would have in, wrote a message to him too, thinking that he could come and save my brother as well. So, however, Jesus gives us a little insight in verse 4. He says, This illness does not lead to death, but for the glory of God. So God can use tragic events to show his glory. From, and from our perspective, it can be really hard to see, and it can take time, but he's sovereign over all things and also gives us hope that nothing surprises him and he's always there to comfort us. We even get to see this with Jesus and the death of Lazarus. As we go through this story, we find out that the death Jesus speaks of is not a physical one. Um, I mean, even speaking from my experience, um, I find comfort in this, um, you know, because it was around this time that, you know, Susie was sick and you know, I don't know if that will all ever, you know, go away. You know, I doubt it. But I'm really thankful for four-year-olds um, because 
you know, there's days that we're sad, and um, she likes to remind us that um, she's like, this is like her words. She goes, we'll see Grandma again at the final battle at Armageddon. This is a four-year-old. Um, <laughs> with, with Jesus riding his white horse. And it's just a perfect reminder um, that he is coming again. And we get to see this um, as, he, as Jesus strengthens his claim as I am in being true God. Um, just because we get to see another example of his focus and connection to God the Father. And even knowing the sorrow that his friends are going to endure, um, he knows, um, he follows his, God's plan, knowing that it's going to be glorifying to him, and also that more will come to know him as the true Son of God. So then, carry on here. After two days, so Jesus returns to be with Mary and Martha, but his disciples are a little reluctant. Um, so prior to this, um, Jesus was in Jerusalem, and while he was there, he was questioned by people there um, if he um, was the Son of God. And he truthfully answered, I and the Father are one. Well, this did not sit very well with some of them. And it enraged them to the point where they accused Jesus of blasphemy and even tried to stone him. So he got ran out of the area. So regardless of this threat being still there, he insisted on the opportunity to train and teach people about um, who he was. Uh, we read in verse 11, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go and awaken him. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was taking rest in, in sleep. But then Jesus said to plainly tell them, Lazarus has died. But for your sake, I'm glad you're not there, for, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So from this dialogue between Jesus and his disciples, you can see that they're not really grasping his message. Um, they simply thought Lazarus was recovering and he just needed a rest. Um, their perception could have been also clouded because they didn't want to get stoned. Um, so, because Lazarus' resurrection was actually one of the last recorded miracles of Jesus before he was arrested. So the Pharisees and the persecution was a very real threat to them. Um, so whatever their thoughts, the disciples were still looking at Jesus' word from a practical perspective while Jesus was trying to share an eternal message. So also Jesus, um, in his teaching, he often uses metaphors um, when trying to make a point. Last week, we learned how Jesus described himself as light in a dark world. Well, in the same way, Jesus is using sleep to describe Lazarus' death as not permanent, but also but it's temporary, like sleep is. However, the disciples don't understand this, so Jesus had to plainly tell them that Lazarus has died. So, in order for them to fully grasp this meaning, he needed to use the raising of Lazarus, not only to bring glory to God, but also to build a deeper understanding of who he truly is. So now when Jesus arrives in Bethany, um, which is about two miles away from Jerusalem, according to verse 17, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Um, although it's not explained, um, there's some uh, Jewish beliefs and some medical reasons that could have brought doubt to Lazarus actually being dead. So not having, the, having, specifically, no, having specifically noted four days maybe could have been to um, dispel some of those doubts. So now hearing this, that Jesus had arrived, Mary went out, Mary, Martha actually went out to greet him. And she said, Lord, if you, if you had been here, my brother would have not had would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus responded to her, your brother will rise again. 
Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And so the reason, um, with Bethany being so close to Jerusalem, there was a lot of other people there mourning with Mary and Martha. So this actually even played into God's plan that there's uh, more people there that could further prove, um, just prove Jesus' claim to be in the Messiah to even a greater number, especially since it was kind of near the end of his earthly ministry. Um, so with, uh, also with, with, we witness Martha's faith here in Jesus as the Son of God. He, she acknowledges his miraculous abilities and the connection that he has to God the Father. Um, so Jesus hears her words, and that's when he said, your brother will rise again. However, she thinks that he means on the last day, not today. So unlike the disciples, she has an eternal vision of Jesus' words. Um, but in the next couple words, verses, we're going to have Jesus' I am statement. The ultimate vision for us and hope and joy for us as believers, because in this statement, Jesus predicts the defeat of death, not just physically, but also eternally. So Jesus says here, I am the resurrection of life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. So here Jesus pronounces that he is the resurrection. The word resurrection literally means rising again to life from the dead. He's, Jesus is using Lazarus's death to teach a lesson about the differences between physical and spiritual death. So what are the differences? We can re, Paul writes in Corinthians 15 verse 22, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So if we look at this passage, Adam sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, that sin brought condemnation on the world for all time. Since God is holy and perfect, there must be a payment for this sin, which is death. We find that in Romans 6.23. It explains it pretty simply. For the wages of sin is death. But, just like in the Corinthians verse, God gives us an out. He gives us an opportunity to escape eternal death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, unless Jesus comes back during our lifetime... Physical death is inevitable. We, it cannot be avoided. But God has a plan, and that plan was Jesus. He was sent to earth. He became fully human. He lived without sin. He died on the cross, and he rose again from the dead, and he paid that debt once and for all. So Jesus, as the, res as the resurrection, it speaks to the second coming when our bodies will be resurrected, and he will judge, come again to judge the living and the dead. Just like how Jesus plainly spoke to his disciples that Lazarus had died, he also gives us a simple message for eternal life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So the reality of eternal life and death should be our focus as Christians, sharing the gospel to those around us. Because of sin, we will all experience earthly death. But it is our belief in Jesus as our Savior that determines whether we receive eternal life or not. So this is why Jesus spoke of Lazarus' death as sleep, to illustrate how even though our physical bodies lay on the ground, we will be resurrected on the last day. Martha was aware of this and trusted in it. From Jesus' words, her vision was on Judgment Day. When he returns, so all believers will rise again. Paul writes again in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must be put on, on the imperishable, 
and this mortal body must put on immortality. So this should be comforting and encouraging to us as believers because we're destined to receive a new body, one that will not perish or decay, one without sickness or soreness, but it's perfect and everlasting. It should also serve as a motivator to also share the gospel to others so that they can believe in Jesus Christ. So what about the second part of the statement? Jesus did say, I am the resurrection and the life. So, but how do we have life through Jesus? If we finish the story of Lazarus, we'll see Jesus points how death is defeated. We pick up the story in verse 38. After Mary's come to everyone, and Jesus actually has been brought to the tomb of Lazarus where he, he mourns for his friend. So then, in verse 38, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was, it was a cave, a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there was an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus had to say to her again, did I, did I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And are, are, you, are you seeing the parallels to another, even greater story in the Bible? The tomb, the stone, the resurrection story of Lazarus is directly foreshadowing the resurrection of Jesus. And I just love the human side of Jesus. He's mourning for his friend, but he knows that what he's about to do is a bigger picture of what's to come. So, knowing this, even through sorrow, the light shines through and it points to his father. So again, in verse 41 we see here, So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this on account for the people standing around me, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So again, Jesus is thanking his father for hearing his prayer and performing this miracle for the benefit of those around him, that they should believe that he is the son of God. He also knows we... Um, he also shows this connection to the Father because of the authority that he has when commanding Lazarus to rise. So that leaves us with Jesus' resurrection and what makes it different from others. And how is he the life? There are others in the Bible who were raised from the dead. So what made Jesus different? So similar to the passage in Corinthians, Paul writes in Romans 5.18, Therefore, as one trespasses, this is talking about Adam, led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness, which is pointing to Jesus, leads to justification and life for all men. So unlike the others, Jesus did not die again. Everyone in the Bible who came back to life died again. So he was, not, he was also not called out of a tomb, and he was still not bound like Lazarus. Instead, he was fully restored to his glory. There was even a tremendous earthquake. There was a huge stone that was sealed, that was rolled and removed out of the way. And even his burial linens were there, and the cloth that was on his face was folded. Um, so it was just like his body was not there. Um, so then following his, so following his death on the cross and burial, Jesus, as, um, just as he called Lazarus from the tomb, he proclaimed triumphant victory over death and the grave as he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. We uh, read in Hebrews here, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, 
and after that comes judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. So Christ truly is the resurrection and the life, because not only did he wipe away our slate clean in the eyes of the Lord by his death and resurrection, granting us everlasting life through him, but will come again to restore us a new heavenly body when he returns. That's what I got. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. uh, dear Heavenly Father, we um, just thank you for the gift of Jesus. Um, that we know that without him, we have no access to you. Um, we have no hope. And I just pray that, um, that we put our trust in your son Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. He paid that debt, Lord. Um, and uh, I just pray that for everyone here that they, they um, just trust in Jesus and, that's it, and that, um, that precious gift he gave it to us on the cross and his resurrection. Lord, and I just um, pray that those words sink in and that you be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.